got it straightened out here. Woo! Yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord, I'm so happy to be with you. So, so happy. And I trust that you have enjoyed the recording that I put into the podcast, as promised, for last week. And that is that lengthy grounding meditation. And if you haven't listened to it yet, no worries. I do encourage you to go and listen to it. It's uh, right there in your podcast. It's the class for last week. And the written grounding meditation is in your workbook, as you know. And we are going to do a short version of it tonight. So if you haven't done the version that uh, was last week in detail, the long version, then this one may not make real sense to you. So, But that's okay. That's all right. You just go with the flow. And so let's see. What else? I wanted to tell you something else. And the, oh, I know, sorry, I'm distracted by my sweet nephew coming in the room. Mikey, honey, will you shut that door for me? Thank you, sweetie. (laughs) So I'm at my brother's home in New Jersey with my family before I go to England next week. And I do wish to remind you that starting, I want to make a couple of announcements. And that is that starting next week, for a time while I'm in England, our class time is going to change. So where it's been 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, it's going to go 6 p.m. I'm sorry, it's going to be 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, England time, UK time. Or is it 4 p.m., 5 p.m.? Oh, gosh. Anyway, it's going to be <laughs> 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern. Most people listen on the download, and I know it means that some people who haven't been able to listen live will be able to listen live, and Some people that have been able to listen live, now uh, they won't be able to listen live. And so part of what my commitment is, is to mix it up some so that everybody gets plenty of opportunity to listen live throughout the year. And again, I, I know from doing this for many years that the majority of people don't listen live. They listen later at their convenience, which is perfectly fine and acceptable. So do what feels best for you, and in no way should you feel stressed or put out if your schedule is uh, not going to work for you to be live on the class. And remember, too, that earlier in the day, you can definitely submit questions. And so we change out the widgets 
uh, we our our goal is to change them out within 24 hours of each class. So we've got the community call on Saturday. So we endeavor to change out the widget so that you can start writing in questions later on Sunday and then all day Monday. And I do encourage you to submit questions. And uh, I have been uh, kind of off the Facebook group mostly for the last week, and I'll be catching up to that. I took some downtime last week, and I'll do that from time to time throughout the year. I'll take some time to uh, just rest, relax, restore, renew, and unplug from the computer for the most part, just for a few days at a time, at most a week for the time. Now, one thing I've been doing is going through people's contracts and vision boards. And so if you've sent me contracts and vision boards and I haven't commented yet, expect those comments very soon. And uh, I what I love working on those contracts and vision boards with you. And if you haven't sent me a draft of your contract, I ask you to please do that. You don't don't feel you have to have it perfect. In fact, the more you feel like it's a work in progress, the better, because then we can work on it together. And it's totally my joy and my pleasure to work on that with you individually. And so let's do that. And I I don't uh, I don't help you improve your vision board. In fact, I haven't seen anybody's vision board really that needs improving. They're also wonderful. If you have submitted those things to the Facebook group but haven't emailed them to me, you can do that Jennifer at jenniferhadley.com and. When you're submitting your contract, the easiest way for me to access it, I'm still having computer issues. So the easiest way for me to access it is just typed in the body of an email. And then I can make notes and comments and suggestions, and it makes it easier for me. With the vision board, if you just attach a JPEG to your email, that works fine. You can send them together or you can send them separately. Uh, it's nice if you send them together, but you can send them separately also. And I love getting those. And then uh, later in the month, I'm going to start making the appointments with everyone to have those one-on-one 20-minute conversations with everybody, and I really look forward to that. And I think those are all my announcements. Anybody have any logistical questions before I begin our grounding and clearing meditation? Star two to raise your hand. I'm checking any written questions. Okay, Phil. Let's see. Oh, there, there, it's working. <laughs> so, hi Jennifer. I'm a little confused because I downloaded what I was. Do you have a question? What said your, was your grounding your, meditation, but it was a mute. former you class. There. Oh, can you hear me? Hello. Nope, I am not Jennifer? hearing anything. Hmm. 
What's happening? I'm talking. Talk? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm talking. Oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> I'm hearing you now. Um, I hear an echo. Okay. I don't hear an echo. Okay. Well, I'll just quickly ask my question. I downloaded the um, grounding meditation, and it wasn't a grounding meditation. It was a um, previous class, not one of ours. And I right. don't know. Yeah, it was, was from Natural Living last year. But it, it wasn't a grounding meditation? Mm, it was about, <laughs> ironically, about someone with uh, dealing with, like, you know, low self-esteem issues. And there was no uh, long meditation in the class? No, and someone else obviously did a meditation because they commented on it in Facebook. So I don't know. Okay, okay I'm just letting you know logistically. I didn't. Yeah. Know. Thank you. I I appreciate that. I will. Uh, I will talk to my staff and get that fixed. Thank you, Philip. I appreciate that. And getting you back out. And well, then. Hmm. Well, I guess I won't do that short ground medi- grounding meditation then, and we'll we'll get that put in for last week. Oh, well, I am sorry. Um, one of the things is I'm uh, training some new staff, and uh, my apologies. That's all I can say. And uh, I know you don't judge me, so you don't have to forgive me. Philip, you're raising your hand again? Yeah, don't stop because of me. It could have been just me. As I said, someone got it, obviously, so it may just been a quirk. Well, hmm. I'll let that up to you. Okay, thank you. Um, anybody else care to raise their hand and tell me if they listened to or heard the long grounding meditation that I had requested go into the podcast for last week. Well, maybe nobody listened to it anyway. Oh, there's somebody in New Jersey. Hey there. Yes, it's Evelyn. How are you? Hey, Evelyn. Yes, I did listen to it. So it was in the podcast. Yes. All righty then. Well, I wonder, hmm, I'm not sure what Philip was listening to, so. As I'm talking to you, I'm looking at my phone really, see see if I can get it to behave quickly, (laughs) so I can like read to you the, because I keep them all in my phone. Yeah, it was called Grounding Meditation. uh, Okay, Masterful Living 2014, Year One. Mm -hmm. So what I have, the most recent thing is, the Saturday workshop. Mm-hmm. Then I have Sweet Waters of Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then Grounding Meditation 2014, Master for Living Year One, March 3rd. It was an hour and 23 minutes. Right. Okay. Yep. Great. Yep. That, that's oh. definitely. All right. Well, good. Good, good, good. That That's good. I'm much relieved. Thank you. And I'm not sure what you were listening to, Philip, but. Um, you might go back March 3rd, Grounding Meditation. Uh, and uh, thank you, Evelyn. Uh, 
You're welcome. All right. I'm also going to mention, uh, I've got everybody unmuted again. I'm just going to mention that those of you who are in the Brooklyn, New York area or can get there on Thursday, uh, there's a group of us that are going to gather for lunch. Sherry Krakowski, who's in the class, her mom is this 90-year-old artist. I posted everything about it in Facebook. And uh, if you would like more details, you can email me, jennifer at jenniferhadley.com. But we're going to meet 1 o'clock at Thursday at the gallery that's in the link I shared in Facebook, which I really look forward to. I know there's going to be at least a handful of us there, so come on down. And hopefully it won't be too cold. It was snowing this morning when I woke up in New Jersey, and that was lovely. All right, let's do our grounding meditation. What a blessing. So we're going to begin with that breath of love and gratitude. Be so grateful and so thankful for the love of God revealing itself in our hearts and in our minds. Mm. And... Again, the written version is in your workbook, and uh, you can listen to the long, extended, slow, explained version in on the March 3rd podcast. So we begin by taking some deep breaths. That grounds us into an awareness of our physical, and so we are taking these beautiful deep breaths together. And I invite you to sit with your feet flat on the floor and your spine erect. And as you take these deep breaths, let us all call upon the company of heaven, the angels, the ascended masters, all the beings of love and light, the ancestors. And we're asking for divine assistance and support as we consciously intend to ground ourselves to Mother Earth. Breathing deeply, we notice our physical body, any sensations, any itches or twitches, any hot spots or cold spots. Paying attention to the physical helps bring us into the now moment and disconnect from thoughts of the past or thoughts of the future. We consciously connect and commune with the higher Holy Spirit self. You may wish to have your hand on your heart for a time to assist you in consciously connecting and communing with your higher Holy Spirit self. My experience is that the contact point is through that heart chakra. We ask and intend that our vibration be lifted to the very highest that we can comfortably hold and maintain. And as we breathe deeply, we intend to release any negative attachments, any cords to us or from us. That they are released, resolved, and dissolved permanently healed back to their root source so we never experience them again. Only the cords of love remain. We intend to have our energy fully and completely restored by means of this meditation. 
We intend for the cleansing and the clearing of all of our chakras so that they're all spinning perfectly, beautifully, bright, clean, clear. We intend that any rips, tears, or holes in our aura are repaired so that our auras are intact and working perfectly. Now we're going to bring all the subtle energy bodies into balance. So if you visualize your body from above, it would look like concentric circles around your body, like your body's the bullseye and a target of concentric rings. So breathing deeply, we intend to bring the subtle bodies into balance from the front of our aura to the back and the back to the front, from the left to the right, and the right to the left, from the feminine to the masculine, and the masculine to the feminine, from the bottom to the top, and the top to the bottom, from the inside to the outside, and the outside to the inside. Breathing deeply, we just allow all the energy bodies to come sweetly into balance. Breathing deeply. And let's call upon Archangel Michael to assist us in releasing all negative attachments, all cravings, all aversions, all addictive and compulsive tendencies and temptations. And now we're going to send that grounding cord down into the earth, breathing deeply. So from the root chakra, emanating that hollow tube, that grounding cord, sending it from our sacrum down into the earth. Hmm. Winding down through the layers of sand and soil and water and down through the pockets of stone and crystal and metal, pockets of lava, water all the way to the center of the earth, seeing that grounding cord attached there. Breathing deeply, we bring our attention to the soles of our feet and drawing in a clean green energy through the soles of our feet, drawing it up through the legs, across the thighs, into the root chakra, seeing it spin clockwise around the root chakra and sending it down the grounding cord to the center of the earth again. So we're drawing in this sweet, restorative energy from deep in Mother Earth in through our feet, like sipping on a straw, in through those feet chakras, up the legs, across the thighs, into the root chakra, spinning clockwise and sending it down the grounding cord to the center of the earth.
And once again, following the energy with our mind's eye in through the soles of the feet, the feet chakras like sipping on a straw, breathing deeply and drawing it up the legs, into the thighs, into the root chakra, and down the grounding cord to the center of the earth. And then, as we're watching this continuous circle of the clean green energy making its way, bringing our awareness to that root chakra, we're going to split the green energy and send some down the grounding cord and send some up into the upper chakras, the second chakra, which is below the belly button, the third chakra, solar plexus, which is above the belly button, and then into the heart chakra, throat chakra, filling the head, the third eye chakra between the eyebrows, and out the top of the head, the crown chakra, sending it three feet up in the air, spraying like a fountain in our aura. So our aura is three feet around, seeing that clean, green, restorative energy spraying like a fountain inside our aura. So we allow ourselves to feel renewed and restored and refreshed by this clean, green, restorative energy. Breathing deeply. And you'll notice if you start to do this regularly, once a day in the morning, you can learn to do it in five or six minutes very quickly once you get the hang of it. And energetically, then you're just, it becomes so easy to do. And it's so powerful, it makes for a much better day. Many people have a challenging day because they're ungrounded. Just a few minutes in the morning or on your lunch break even will really make a difference. If you feel really ungrounded and and um, scattered, worried or concerned, then do this grounding meditation uh, several times a day and it will make a huge difference. And as always with spiritual practice, the more you do it, the more you save time in terms of making decisions that weren't so good and then having to course correct for them. You'll save time in terms of worrying about things. You'll save time in terms of saying things or making choices that you then have to make amends for or clean up. So many ways that spiritual practice saves time and makes life easier. So we're just allowing this clean green energy to continue to spray like a fountain in our aura. And we're so grateful to be able to energetically cleanse and restore this way. And then we draw in the white light from above. So this is the white light, the Christ light. And we are so grateful to draw it in to our auric field. You can see it showering like stars inside the field. You can also draw some in through the top of your head and bring it down into the third eye, filling the head with the white light, filling the throat chakra, 
and the heart chakra, down into the solar plexus and the second chakra, filling the entire torso, into the root chakra, send it down the grounding cord to the center of the earth. And then once it hits the center of the earth, you can see it spread out in your mind's eye to reach the surface of the earth, the crust of the earth, and you may even feel it energetically on the soles of your feet. If your feet are on the floor, you may notice that pulse beat of the earth shifting with the white light spreading throughout the earth. In this way, we're bringing tremendous blessing. We can see the whole earth surrounded and bathed in the white light. So what I like to do is I see in my mind's eye the green energy continuing to circulate, the white energy coming down and through, and the whole earth glowing with the white light. And I intend, because our intention is so important, all thought produces form at some level. So I intend that all beings are bathed in this white light. We're all restored sweetly refreshed and renewed when i bring in the white light i feel like it kisses the top of my head like a sacred kiss and then bringing our attention to our heart chakra gratitude we move into gratitude the gratitude is the attitude that multiplies the good so if you're ever feeling deprived or you're feeling in lack and limitation Move into a practice of gratitude right away. Give thanks for the presence of God in your life. Give thanks for love in your life. Give thanks for anything and everything you can think of. Start counting your blessings. And you will immediately begin to feel renewed and restored. You will immediately begin to feel abundant and prosperous. So we're giving thanks. We're giving thanks for God in our life. We're giving thanks that we're one with God and we don't have to make that happen. It's already real and powerful and true. It's as as true as it could ever be. And we're willing to know the truth. So we're grateful for our own willingness. We're grateful for everyone in the Masterful Living community and everyone praying for us. We're grateful that we can pray for others and be in a living field of prayer. Prayer with people all over the world, blessing us and praying for us every day. I know I love to pray for everyone in Masterful Living. I also include everyone, including Mother Earth and all the beings, all the many kingdoms of the earth every day. I love to do that. And it always shifts my energy. So I'm in gratitude for all my teachers. I love to start with that gratitude for all my teachers. All my teachers, known and unknown, seen and unseen, felt and unfelt. Giving thanks for all the many blessings in my life, of which you are definitely one. Mm, breathing deeply, feeling that heart energy shift. I know when I go into gratitude, my whole heart energy shifts, releasing the happy chemicals into the physical body, that heart shift. And then seeing my mind's eye 
this rainbow Taurus ring, and there's a picture of that rainbow coil ring, which is like a rainbow Taurus ring turning in our heart chakra. And as it turns 360 degrees, it sends rainbows of love and light from our heart to the universe. So seeing that rainbow Taurus ring turning and turning and turning in your heart chakra, sending rainbows of love and light from your heart to the heart of the universe. And rainbows of love and light from the heart of the universe returning and returning to your heart. And then I see a rainbow Taurus ring, a large one at the edge of the aura, my aura, turning and also in 360 degrees sending rainbow waves of love and light from my heart to the heart of the universe and back receiving rainbows of love and light from the heart of the universe to my heart. And then consciously intending to express white light from my heart to fill my entire aura. So you can see white light spreading out from your heart to fill your entire aura, every nook and cranny. And what I realize now that I didn't say, I saw it but didn't say it, (laughs) is when we called in Archangel Michael to assist us in releasing all attachments, I asked him to place a field of blue light all around my aura. The blue light is Archangel Michael's protective energy, and it assists us in aligning with divine will. So it is definitely a purification energy. One of the main things we focus on in Masterful Living is that purification, clearing and puring, because our natural state is perfect and glorious. So the only thing that prevents us from experiencing that perfection and that glory is the belief that we're not that So we call upon the company of heaven to assist us in remembering our true identity as perfect love, forgetting any false belief, any idea of separation, any idea of lack and limitation. Hmm. So that is our grounding meditation. And, uh, Next week, we'll do it a little bit shorter, and we'll pretty much be doing a short version of this grounding meditation at the beginning of every class, and it makes for a much better class, as you will begin to see when we're all grounded and in that pure vibration. And then you also will have, pretty much from now on, right at the top of the class, going right into that short version of the grounding meditation so you can um, listen to it at any time and have it as a resource for you over and over again. Isn't it wonderful? So we bless our conversation and our dialogue in this class today. So grateful and so thankful to be the two or more who are gathered in the name of our own holiness. 
And we're gathered for the purpose of remembering ourselves and sharing those healing benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In grace and in gratitude, we joyfully allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. So let me just see if anybody does have a question about the um, the grounding meditation. Any question about the grounding meditation can raise your hand with a star too, or you can type in a question. Rosalind says she that uh, the recording um, had the meditation, and then the, then afterwards there was talk about low self-esteem that was brought up by the meditation in that March third recording. Uh, Susan asked the question: Jennifer, are chakras and auras form? If that is true, then how do I reconcile this with what ACIM teaches? If only love is real, then how do I use chakras, etc., cetera, that you talk about? What am I missing? Thank you. Well, Susan, I would say you're not missing anything. And uh, I think that's an awesome question. Are chakras and auras form? And I would say it's not a question I've ever answered or thought about, but I would say, yes, they are. They're part of our experience here in the world of form. So our feelings, which are also part of the world of form, our emotions, they are form also. And so the chakras and the aura feel like form to me. And how you reconcile this with what ACIM teaches is this, that in your physical world of form, you have all kinds of things. So you have your emotions, which are the byproduct of your thinking. The chakras are part of the energy system that really it, it's, uh, to me, uh, the chakras are part of our spiritual connection. Uh, it's almost like, in a sense, they're kind of a, a bridge between the physical and the spiritual. Uh, like a regulatory uh, organs, if you will. So your lungs, your heart, your stomach, your spleen, all those things are your physical organs. It's kind of like your chakras are your energetic or spiritual organs. So they help us to to um, have this human experience and stay connected to spirit. That's my sense of it. I think it's such a great question, Susan. I've I've never had that question or pondered that in, in quite that way before. And same with the aura. It's part of our um, energetic management system uh, that is, uh, it's like a precursor to form. Yep, and if you think of your thoughts produce form, 
And your thoughts produce your emotions, which are an expression in form. And you're, if you are not aware of your emotions and doing healing work and instead you're stuffing your emotions, uh, maybe you have unresolved emotions from a past life, things come up in this life, you don't wish to deal with them or heal them. Instead, you medicate them and stuff them down or label them wrong or bad. Then they may well bring into form physical illness and disease, which is not a bad thing. It's just another way for us to express in form our beliefs and our thoughts, and I would say karma, and uh, karma is coagulated belief and thought, and so to me, I don't label any of it bad or wrong, because everything is going to help me become more awake and more aware. So... In a sense, if you think of, so your physical organs, like say your lungs or your stomach, your spleen, your colon and all these things, uh, it's important to be respectful of them, especially when you do, if you don't have a fifth dimensional awareness, if you're still working a lot with the ego and feeling uh, mixed identification between the ego and the spirit, then you, you, it's healthy to be very mindful that you're not a body, but you have a body to take care of. And then as you become uh, fifth dimensional consciousness and your mind really opens, then your thoughts are so aligned with the thoughts of God that you can literally... Be very aware of your physical body and any place where you're out of alignment. If you're feeling it in your physical body, you can course correct in your mind and heal. It's what I perceive. And so this is one of the reasons for uh, doing the purification work. And there was a wonderful conversation in the... Uh, community call on Saturday uh, about a number of things. One was the spiritual qualities and particularly the spiritual qualities of prosperity and abundance. And so what's the difference between prosperity and abundance? So in my experience and my understanding of the difference between those two spiritual qualities is I experience abundance as feeling unlimited without limitation so I can experience joy without limitation I can experience wholeness without limitation I can experience freedom without limitation that to me is abundance I can experience money without limitation as abundance also, of course. And we can experience an abundance of firewood in the wintertime. If you have all the firewood that you would need and more, you would feel abundant. 
and uh, or will you would experience abundance and chances are you wouldn't have unlimited firewood if you didn't already feel abundant or believe in abundance and prosperity is when you are to me prosperity is well-being so when we're prosperous we're in the flow of the all good so we have a good night's sleep we have good bowel movements and we have a good bank account and good relationships and so that's prosperity so um let's see i believe this is evelyn and i'm going to unmute you okay so i have a question mm-hmm. it's not about prosperity and um abundance but it's sort of it sort of harkens back to what you were talking about with the chakras and the auras mhm so i had my palms read by a person who does, it's not like palmistry, it's not like fortune telling. <clears throat> she was a spiritual um, counselor who you take a print of your hands and she looks at the lines and mm-hmm. everything and, and tells you about your spiritual gifts. So they can tell, and it was it was insanely accurate. Like mm-hmm. she said, do you have three children? I have three daughters. I mean, it was just amazing to me. Um, but sort of the flip side of that is you have spiritual gifts and along with the gifts you have the 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 whole sort of story of it is that you have penalties when you're not using those gifts so i wonder that has sort of been sort of nagging at the back of my mind do you what do you have you heard of such a philosophy and do you, what do you think about it like i'm trying to make sense of that whole because the spiritual gifts thing i mean it was i had never spoken to this woman before and every single thing she said was spot on. Um, as far as all I did was print my hands and scan them and email them to her. We had an hour and a half consultation on the phone, and she told me my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, but then she yeah. also said that these are the, these are the corresponding penalties that can, which some were manifesting in my life. So I'm just curious how how that whole thing, yeah, works. Yeah, well, I I really don't know much about um, hand analysis and palmistry. I've had it done a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. and um, but what I can tell you is this from my own belief system and my own mm-hmm. experience. One of the things that I feel very clearly is that in our taking human form, human incarnation that we choose a very complex myriad of patterns in which to incarnate and for a holy purpose. So that's how each person who has ever walked the earth is a unique expression. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a unique confluence of patterns, if you will. So for me personally, I have the pattern of uh, my genetics. I have the pattern of things like my skin color, my eye color, my hair color. And I also have the patterns of my particular astrology. I have patterns related to my personality and my psychology. And the more I travel this road, 
the more I see there are all these different patterns. And there are people definitely who can read all kinds of things and discover and and read the patterns that you have chosen. This is what Mm -hmm. I believe. You mm-hmm. have chosen to express in your life. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it makes sense that they would be written into the lines of our hands. And if we knew how to read them, like this woman does, that it would be there. And so, but to me, I think the main thing is that uh, each one of us, I believe, has has chosen these things, just like it says in A Course in Miracles, you know, that we've we've written this script. And, you know, like it says in Lesson 135, Paragraph 18, what could you not accept if you but knew that uh, everything in your life experience was gently planned by one whose only interest is your good? And that one I believe to be you because I believe that you are your higher Holy Spirit self. Mm -hmm. That is your true nature, your true identity. I am that I am. And so... um, that's trying to think if there's anything else i also wonder the thought that came into my mind intuitively was this woman at all reading from the akashic records do you know what those are yes i do yeah so for somebody who's listening who might not know do you want to tell what they are well they they are sort of um an archive in another realm of sort of every possible iteration of experience. Like, so as you said, each person comes in with these patterns of all those things you mentioned. Well, that is all in the Akashic record. So a person who has the ability or the the knowledge and skill to read the Akashic record can go in and sort of ascertain that information. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And so, um, and one of the things that we just did on the retreat that I led was we just for the fun of it we looked at our numerology because that's another pattern that's very telling and for me my numerology is spot on my astrology is spot on pretty much whenever I've looked at any kind of pattern like that it was totally spot on and what that tells me is my life is intentional mm. It is the product of my intention, and I can change my mind. I can, like, so, for instance, one of the questions that you had was this. uh, Remind me about what what was the language that she used about your... Penalties. There There are penalties. This philosophy that she was sort of, you know, speaking of was that you have spiritual gifts, and she identified them in the patterns of the palms of my hand, and there are corresponding penalties. So, for example, if you have, like, the gift of prophecy, I'm just pulling that out of the air. If a person has been given the gift of prophecy and they never use it, Mm -hmm. then there are specific ways in which their lives will suffer. For example, I'm making this up, they'll have bad marriages, or they will have... um, famine or whatever name a scourge you know and so So, they were they were sort of predictable patterns if a person has gift of prophecy these things will go wrong in their life if they are not um using them if they're not using those gifts to you know to enrich 
the people around them, to, to serve the people around them. So it's like I've always sort of heard that you're given gifts first for yourself and then for other people. Mm-hmm. So if you're only holding them to yourself and not using them, then I guess they're saying that you'll have penalty. So that's the, that's the, the, the flip side that has been sort of not. I don't. I don't want to say I'm losing sleep about it, but it's something that's been sort of niggling in in the back of my mind. Um, because she told me the penalties that correspond with the gifts that I have. I don't. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but I certainly recognize some of them when she spoke them. Mm-hmm. So that was really the thing that I was just concerned about, that um, if, in fact, the gifts can be identified, then how do we know that the penalty thing is not true, or how do we know if it is true? Yeah, there is a... Um, I'm I'm trying to think of exactly what it is... Um, Uh, there is a Bible reference. I'm, I, I can't think of it exactly about how if you don't bring forth the music that's in you, mm-hmm. that it will create stress or dysfunction. I can't. I can't oh. remember. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, somebody may know what that is. Uh, anyway, um, one of the, the examples I can think of, Evelyn, that matches what you're talking about, and it's a perfect lead-in to with the topic I wanted to share tonight, which is on self-forgiveness. So every single one of us has the spiritual gift of being compassionate. You know, compassion is loving understanding. And when we have opportunities to be compassionate, to be, to extend love to our brothers and sisters, or to be compassionate with ourselves, and we choose not to share that gift of God's Mm. love, then what happens is our heart closes. We're restricting ourselves. And so we're when we do that, then we're taking ourselves out of the flow of the abundance, the prosperity, the all good. Because the only reason we wouldn't extend compassion when we get a nudge in our heart says, oh, be compassionate. And we think, eh, they don't deserve my compassion. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't feel like it right now, you know. Eh, that's not... never happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, instead we go, yeah. You know, they're not worth it. They don't deserve it. When we go into that space, then we're going into the judger. We're going into the judgment, which immediately constricts the flow of good in our life. Mm. And so there's the penalty. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. So okay. We, Very good. we all have these tremendous gifts of uh, being joyful and being happy and spreading good cheer we have tremendous gifts of we every single one of us has the gift of being a healing presence we may never have developed it but that doesn't mean it's not still there and active somebody can develop it and it will expand and grow just like someone could have the gift of singing and have a great voice but it might not have been developed 
so people wouldn't be aware of it. They wouldn't know it. But that doesn't mean the gift isn't still there. Right. And so you could say that the penalty would be that they had the opportunity to express themselves. They had the opportunity to bring joy, to bring healing through sharing the gift of song, and they chose not to for whatever reason. They kept it hidden. The penalty is all that uh, healing, all that joy, all that love expressed, all that inspiration expressed is not expressed. So the life is more dull. It's more disconnected. It's, uh, It's not vibrant and alive and luminous. So it's not that there's a punishment like your house burns down, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no punishment like that in God. I don't perceive there to be any kind of punishment like that. That's an ego version of punishment. So for mm. someone who does have an experience like uh, their house burns down, that's actually, there's an opportunity in there for something. Mm-hmm. And um, I think of, Uh, In terms of self-forgiveness, and I always go back to this reference because I think it's such a clean and good reference, and that's in Gary Renard's Disappearance of the Universe, which I hope everyone has read or will read or is reading. And in there he talks about the story where one day he gave himself the treat of going to the movies, and if you ever lived in a lot of Maine, you, you have to drive a ways to get to the movies. And he went to, he had two choices of movies he could have seen. And the one he saw, in hindsight, he judged to be not as good as the one he could have seen. And so he asked his teachers, Art and person, why did I choose the crappy movie? And they said, that was actually the highest choice. And the reason is, is that if you'd taken the other choice and gone to the other movie, it would have put you out at a different time and you would have gotten into a car accident on the way home and then you would have had a month or so recuperating in the hospital and that whole month would have been one long forgiveness opportunity and but you didn't need that because you'd been so assiduously doing your forgiveness you did not need that experience all you needed to forgive was making the choice to see the crappy movie. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now, uh, does that answer the question about punishment? Yeah. Yeah. The ego thing really that sort of resonated with me. That it seems to me that in order to sort of balance the validity of the sort of um, I don't know, diagnosing the gifts that that the the flip side, the converse of it, the penalties, it just seems to me to be an ego-based um philosophy, you know. Mhm. Um, cuz what you what you say makes sense that that why would God, why would God say why would he give you a gift and that's if you don't use it, I'm going to crush your family. Um, you know, yeah. so that doesn't really make a lot of sense, but No. It, it was doesn't. just so eerie to me that she was able to Sure. Um, so clearly peg everything. And um, so anyway, wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> that was good. Very clear. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good question. All right. So I'm meeting you out. And um, 
this is a great lead into the self-forgiveness. And what I'm also thinking of is the story of Joseph from the Bible, Joseph and his brothers, which some people know is the story of Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. And uh, that's one of my favorite Bible stories. I'm not a queen of the Bible, but I do... <laughs> I do really appreciate a lot of Bible stories and particularly the parables of Jesus. And, um, but in the story of Joseph, okay, the story was that he was his father's favorite and he had these seven brothers and, uh, they were jealous of him and they felt that their father was going to give Joseph the inheritance. And they were jealous. And so they said, let's keep that from happening. Let's kill him. But then when the time came to kill him, they couldn't quite bring themselves to do it. So instead, they beat him up and threw him down a well and left him for dead. But he managed to get out of the well. And one thing led to another. And he created a very prosperous life and was helpful to the king. He had this incredible intuition. And so that intuition being a gift of God, and he employed it to bring benefit to others. And so in doing so, he became a wealthy and prosperous man. And then what happened was there was a famine in the land, a drought and a famine. And so he saw that his father and his brothers would be decimated by the famine. And so using his position with the king, he rescues his family. And they haven't seen him in I don't know how many years. And when he rescues them, uh, helps them financially and all of that, they the brothers say, Joseph, we left you for dead. Why would you save our lives we we wanted to kill you we intended to kill you and joseph said to them you meant it for evil but god meant it for good so now you can imagine that there there were choices along the way where joseph obviously could have really hated his brothers not forgiven them and also he could have hated himself why was he so stupid? Why did he let his brothers do that to him? Why this and why that? And so in the teachings of A Course in Miracles, it says all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. All forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And it tells why, but it's really important to open your mind to it yourself and not just understand it intellectually. And the truth of why all forgiveness is self-forgiveness is is because, A, we're one with each other. So there is no other to forgive. And B, our experience in this human realm is designed by our own higher Holy Spirit self. That script, we wrote that script and every possibility in it. And our experience in the world of form is a projection of our mind. It is a demonstration of our belief system, of our thinking. And so everything that we experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, however we want to label it, is there to assist us in waking up. It has no other purpose 
but to call attention to our own belief system, our own thinking, and to get us to choose higher and higher until we only make choices that are loving. So there is no part of our experience. What could you not accept if you but knew that everything, every circumstance, situation, every happening was gently, not harshly, but gently planned by one whose only interest is your good. So for me, what I've learned is my whole life is a practice of self-forgiveness. And I love that um, I get to share this with you while I'm staying in my brother's home. And I I can tell you that when I first, when my brother first moved into this house, I forget how many years ago that was, I I was so judgmental. I would look at everything in the house, everything, and judge it as not good because I had all, I was just a judger. Just judging, 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 judging. And so all day long, I would judge and judge and judge and judge. And after a couple of days of that, I would just start to feel icky. Uh, and I used to think, I th- think there's some negative energy in my brother's house. And and uh, it's not good for me to be around them and things like that. I can only stay there so long. And I I would blame it on them. But I can honestly say that now I don't do that. Instead, when I see things that seem unfamiliar or different than the way I would do them, I, I just just notice them. I don't judge them. Uh, sometimes judgments come up, and uh, judgments are more likely to come up um, in not in my home when I'm somewhere else. Now, somebody else might be more at home than when they're somewhere else. But for me, I tend to go more into the judging mind when I feel out of sorts or uncomfortable, which tends to happen more when I'm in unfamiliar territory. But now what I notice when I'm with my brother and his family is I feel so much love. So I I actually feel really wonderful when I'm here now. And it's enjoyable for me. And I've been spending much more time with my brother's family and my nephews and my niece. And it's really enjoyable. I love hanging out with the dog and the cat and just doing the simple things, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, and uh, just playing games with my nephew and uh, just the usual stuff. And all of that joy and happiness that I now experience is a direct result of my willingness to say the only forgiveness there is here for me in my whole life is for me to forgive myself for having judged in the first place. So every unforgiveness that I have is a judgment. It's an opinion. This should not have happened. This should have been different. This should have, would have, could have. That's what all unforgiveness is. All blame, all resentment, all regret. It's should have, would have, could have, which is always judgment, always opinion. So 
it can take a long, long time for people to forgive. It can take decades for people to forgive. People cannot forgive things from their childhood when they're 60, 70 years later. I've definitely counseled many people who were holding on to, you know, people in their 70s holding on to resentments of things that happened to them when they were three, four, five years old. It's very, very common. So what we do in Masterful Living is we take responsibility for all the upsets, which is very challenging to the ego. The ego, you know, it often says, I am not doing that. No way. No way. So this is why we learn to turn and face the ego and say, Holding on to the unforgiveness has never made you happy. It has never made you feel good. It has never made you feel joyful. It is an absolute big block to feeling prosperous, to feeling abundant. If you have healing issues with the physical body, focus on your forgiveness work. If you have abundance issues, focus on your forgiveness work. Really focus on it. Really, really focus on it. So how do you focus on it? It's this. Over and over and over again throughout your day, the judgments are going to come into your mind. Place them on the altar mentally. And it's exactly what I said in the early weeks. I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And it becomes a a rigorous discipline until you finally discover, you know what? I am really not interested in that anymore. And it gets so much easier. I wonder if we have anybody in um, Masterful Living Year 2 or a year three, who's been doing this for some time now, who can share anything about their experience with self-forgiveness. Anybody want to raise their hand and share? Okay, it says anonymous. So I'm going to unmute you. Hey there. Jennifer? Yeah. Hi, it's Mary from San Diego. Hey, Mary. Wonderful living one class, but I just want to tell you, um, thank you and, and send you and everybody in the class lots of love. And I, uh, I've been studying uh, Volume 1 through 6 for an uh, entire year before I signed, Chris and I signed up for the program in January. And I've been sharing the darkest um, negative traumatic events of my life with the group, um, shameless. And I I didn't understand it. I thought, well, gosh, Mary, why, why are you sharing that? Um, it's, you know, what are people going to think of you? And I just went inside, I think because I turned 59 and my mother died March 10th will be a year. I just, I'm tired of it. I'm just, I've had it. And so I've been talking to the ego like you recommend. And I went inside and I said, Why? What is the purpose of all my disclosure with the, with these strangers? It's so personal. And I got guided to write it down and um, make a list. And over the past uh, seven to ten days, everybody, I just can't tell you uh, how powerful 
this has been for me? And the answer that I got in a short version was, this is part of the purification process. Yes. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Just go forward and do the forgiveness work one step at a time, one story at a time. And I've known this for 30 years that I've, you know, it's mind over matter. You know, I mean, it's, it's nothing new, but I didn't actually, uh, know it, you know, like you said, the difference between belief and knowing, I, I didn't believe it was possible for me to forgive myself because I've just been a, a rageaholic and that's how I was raised and blah, blah, blah. So I just want to say that um, it's the root of my soul doing this work for you and, you know, somehow just connecting with everybody has is, is really turned on a light for me and it's all about forgiveness and self-love. It's so simple, you know. My ego wants to come in and beat me up for not getting it 30 years ago. And I, I just say, stop it, stop it. I don't want to go there. I've, I've had enough. It didn't work, you know. So anyhow, um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. And I love you. And I love you all. And I love your work, Jennifer. I'm very touched. Yeah, thank you, Mary. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, you have been beautifully sharing. The community calls have been so, uh, just so inspired and uplifting and uh, really deep conversations. And uh, wow, it's been amazing. And you see, the sharing that you're doing, you're, can I ask you, when you're sharing, and uh, you have been sharing so beautifully. What's your intention in that sharing? To discover my divine purpose. That came really clear on my birthday when mm-hmm. I talked to you and Venerable. You know, mm-hmm. that this is, you know, because I've been asking, what what is this all about? Pain, suffering, and blah, blah, blah. Here's this list. And is it ego? You know, my spirituality was driven by the ego for years. And is it ego or is it the divine? And it got real clear that it's part of my purpose in dismantling the ego. So I feel really blessed to have found that out in March. And I've got another, you know, the rest of the year to, to work on it. But then, like you stated, the, the willingness, you know, I'm just so willing. I'm just at the end of my rope, and I, I would have taken my life two years ago if I didn't have a verbal commitment with my friend Chris mm. to talk about it before I did that. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a process. It's been a real process, just dealing with a lot of loss. I know somebody in the Facebook was sharing about loss, and, I mean, I lost everything. My health, my job, my career, mm-hmm. my family, everything, you name it, it's gone. My money, my retirement, I'm just starting from scratch. The slate is clean, and I'm ready, and I'm willing. Yes. Yeah. I'm willing. Yeah. I'm and sorry to be such a good big crybaby. Yeah, no, it's good to cry. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It I'm is. tired of crying, too. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I can tell you that that discovering your life purpose, I believe our life purpose is for every single one of us to love and be loved. And what 
I hear in what you're sharing, Mary, is that you believe you have a life purpose. So that's that's a big and beautiful thing right there. And then what happens when we share what has felt shameful or been hidden, uh, we bring it to the light, then the healing happens. We don't have to keep it hidden anymore. We don't have to manage and cope with it anymore. And that is an act of love. It's an act of self-love. And it's an act of self-healing. And that's why you're experiencing this healing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Mary. Yeah, beautiful. I've got a few more hands raised here. So I'm going to mute you out. And then we've got someone in Anaheim here. Hey there. Hi, Jennifer. It's Lisha. Hey, Lisa. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Well, good. It's good to hear your voice again. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not sure that this is a forgiveness issue. I'm a little bit um, in a haze about all of it. Um, I've posted on Facebook that I have um, a financial issue that I knew was going to be, you know, coming up, and I would have to face it and take care of it. And it's fairly um, complicated, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but... um. I've really been working on taking one step at a time with the issue and partnering up with Holy Spirit. And I don't know if I'm really angry at myself for what I definitely helped create. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not even sure that that really matters because the wave is right in front of my face. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I guess what is what my question is more than anything is, well, First of all, would this be considered a forgiveness issue? And secondly, when you're dealing with something, I know it's all illusion, but even when you're looking, well, at any rate, when you're looking at something very, very complicated that is serious, I know you take it one step at a time. I know that you partner up and you allow Holy Spirit to come in and and help with the issue, and, and that has been happening, quite frankly. But fear has been kind of going coming in waves. Like, I'll become very fearful, and I can literally feel the pressure in my chest and in my stomach, and um, it's just overwhelming, and then, I, and then it's like, no, and I'll stop and pray, and I'll bring myself back, and I'll get centered again. And I almost look at this right now as, a, as an exercise in... I don't want to use the word self-control, but staying centered in God. And I was just wondering if, with the information that I've given to you, do you have anything that, any advice perhaps you can give me or any any words of wisdom? Hello? Yep, yep. I'm just, I'm just kind of tuning in here. Can you... Hmm. Was that clear enough? Well, let me ask you, just let me ask you a question. Um, What is your intention? What's your motivation to? To clean up the mess? Mm -hmm. It's to clean it up in good faith. Mm -hmm. And... Um, 
and to not allow fear to stop me from doing that, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it can be. I think it can be. I think part of the fear is I don't have all the answers, and I am certainly not um, a professional or um, a person who understands finance or taxes in this case at all, at all, because I've never liked it. It's never been anything that's appealed to me, so I've always had someone else do it. And that's my own fault, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so no. here's... Yeah, so what I hear in that is that in the whole forgiveness work, there is uh, – it's a, a very simple teaching that if if we're saying that what forgiveness is, is we're looking at something and saying it's a mess and I committed a sin, not that you're saying that. But, you know, there was a sin, somebody committed a sin, somebody was bad and wrong, but I'm going to be better than that, I forgive. Then you're, you're not, it's not true forgiveness. The true forgiveness is really releasing the judgment and, and saying that everything is here for my learning. So what I would suggest in tune with that is, A, forgive yourself, which means don't judge yourself for the errors that you've made, which you can only see now clearly, and instead have compassion for yourself. And instead of your intention being to clean up the mess, perhaps a more, and I'm just going to cut to the chase because of the time here, um, rather than kind of draw it out of you, having an intention to live the highest and best and to release any uh, belief in um, wrong or bad around this and instead harvest all the learning and move forward feeling free and pure and clean. And you don't have to know how to accomplish that. The how is not your business. You learn to allow. So you you move into prayer and you invoke divine guidance from the higher Holy Spirit self. Show me the way. Show me uh, how to move forward, harvesting the learning and making the highest and best choices. And allow for miraculous healing. Because if our point of view is, I have to clean up this mess, where in there is the room for the miracle? No, that's it's fairly negative now that you said it. I I hear that. That's kind of an it's a negative, fearful sort of a approach. Yes, I've been and that's the thing. I've been teetering. I've been teetering back and forth. It's I have been partnering up, and then at the same time, I, I go into these waves of being fearful because I haven't obtained enough information. And today I did, and and there was a lot of it was like, oh wait a minute, it's not as bad as I thought. And but there's a lot more information that needs to be had. You're absolutely right. I really appreciate that because that's, that's, I'm judging myself, I'm judging the situation, and I need to remove that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, see, and see, just once we do that, then everything gets so much easier. What makes it hard is the judgments and opinions. Now, particularly like if you're healing the physical body and things in form, which of course that's where if we're working at the level of form we're pushing density it feels dense so if we're saying you know i don't see that how this can happen that's not allowing for the miracle now we also have to understand that we don't know what the miracle is 
So we right. can say, oh, the miracle is I win the lottery. But we, you know, or the miracle <laughs> is my body is immediately healed. But we don't know what the miracle is. So right. if we think we know what the miracle is, then our mind is in lack and limitation. Okay. So for me, that's why I'm constantly affirming. You'll notice in all my daily prayers, constantly referring to the unprecedented. Do you know what unprecedented means? Yes. Tell, tell us what um, it means. Unde- unde- undetermined. Yeah, it's not based on the circumstances of the past. It's not based on any precedent. It's right, not right. based on, you know, it's like in a court of law, People, the judges will make determinations based on past precedent. The judges, the judges make determinations based on past precedent. So we, living in spirit, we're made new all the time. We're we're interested in the renewing of our minds and moving out of the precedented into the unprecedented. So it's really affirming from that space. I can feel it in my belly, like freedom when I start saying I'm unprecedented I live in the unprecedented love of God that's the field in which I live so I don't have to say that my situation here is determined by my past the circumstances are the evidence of my thinking in the past and the good news is they're in my face and I can say oh okay so I'm going to change my thinking and create a new experience, have a new experience. But let us not be attached to what we think the new experience should be. Instead, be in the experience of now and say, and, yeah. and determine, you know, I'm interested in, because I've walked through some scary financial things. And, you know, I, I've shared openly that there were times when I thought, you know, I have to choose between paying my phone bill and buying food and just really being terrified about money and how am I going to deal with my debts and things and shifting into a a willingness to be receptive to insight, to guidance, to miracles, and then immediately starting to feel that flowing in simply because I became willing. I moved out of thinking in a limited, precedented way into the unprecedented and it takes practice and every single one of us has circumstances showing up in our life that squeeze us that literally you know they squeeze us to to show us if you're going to live in limited thinking of lack and and ignorance and like you're disconnected and you don't have what it takes and something's wrong with you. If you're going to live in that mindset, you're going to get squeezed. And that squeezing is going to make you go, no, I don't want to live this way. Or you might go, oh, I'm going to get crushed like a bug. So, But you have the choice of which way you're going to go. So for me, I've learned that those past experiences when I felt like I was being squeezed, like squeezed to death, that I mm-hmm. literally found the fire in my belly and said, Mother, Father, God, no. There is that within me which knows everything and knows the way out of this. And while I may not know how to connect to the knower who knows, it's still there. 
and I am going to allow it to find me. All right. Yeah, so rock and roll. All right, very good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel better already. Yeah, me too. Way to go. Yeah. Thank so you. You're welcome. I'm going to mute you out. We've got, um, I think this is Kristen raising her hand here. We're way over time, but go ahead, Kristen. Oh, yeah, real quick, Jennifer. Thanks for thanks for taking. What a great class. Yeah, yeah. But just for, you know, all the people that are in the first year, I guess it was just so resonating with me that the biggest thing that I've learned this year in Mass Folding 1 was forgiveness. And I love how you talked about, you know, recently you were talking about how the compassion, Mm -hmm. it's just that compassion for self, compassion for others, forgiveness. It's like I feel like, you know, the deepest desire of my heart way back when was feel connection and to feel just a sense of self-love and acceptance and compassion and and I really have, you know, healing my heart. I wanted to heal my heart. I wanted to heal my body and my mind. And, you know, as you were saying, you don't necessarily get the healing in the form that you think you're going to get it. But as far as connection and as far as feeling, you know, there are days when I don't totally forgive myself, but the compassion. I have mm. so much more compassion for myself and for other people. I mean, I don't hold grudges anymore. Not that I used to hold tons of them, but that's the thing, too, that has just healed so much. It's just that forgiveness of of everything and everybody. And um, it just feels so much more peaceful inside, mm. you know, and that's just been such a gift from this year. And, you know, you're such a great teacher with all that because you're just such a loving person, Jennifer, so I really appreciate it. And everybody, I just want to tell the people in Mass for Living One, um, you know, I've been involved with their prayer group in the morning, and it's just been lovely. And I just feel so blessed that I get the benefit of both classes. So um, thank you so much for, you know, making that available to Ellen. Yeah, yeah. God bless Ellen, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's just been so great for me to be involved in in both groups because they're just love. I mean, everybody's just so lovely. So yeah, um, it's really thing for me with what's going on with me in my life right now. It's just been such a, a help. So thank you, everybody. Oh, that's wonderful, and thank you, Kristen. Yeah, you you're having an amazing walk and taking us all with you. Well, I oh. feel I feel support. I appreciate it. So mm-hmm. love to everybody. Yeah. Good night. Love to you. Good night. All right. I'm going to pray us out in just a minute. So what I would like to encourage people to do is in your Masterful Living Workbook, uh, for your self-forgiveness, <clears throat> there is the section, which uh, is uh, page 80 uh, on self-forgiveness, starting to identify those judgments so that you can release them. So doing that work of recognizing those judgments so that you can release them. I really encourage you to write them down with the intention of releasing them and sharing them with your prayer partner and discussing with your prayer partner, would you judge them in the same way that you judge yourself? So, for instance, if you judge yourself for... Um, crashing your car would you judge your prayer partner for judging for crashing their car would you have compassion 
start to notice where you have compassion for others but not for yourself. And since all forgiveness is self-forgiveness, so is all compassion. So be learn to be compassionate with yourself. Now the ego will say, oh, if you go down that road, you're just going to become a, a crazy, uh, hedonistic, narcissistic uh, sinner uh, forgiving yourself for everything. But that's not the truth of it. It's not the truth of it at all. Because forgiveness is non-judgment and non-judgment is love. Love is the healer. This is what Mary's talking about. This is what Kristen's talking about. This is what everyone's talking about here. And Carla wrote in, she said, uh, once I started to forgive myself, things that other people have done that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. The other section I'd like to call your attention to in the workbook is the one on responsibility. Taking responsibility is liberating. It is self-forgiveness. It's part of the self-forgiveness. If we don't take, if we're not willing to take responsibility, we're not going to be willing to forgive ourselves and not be willing to forgive others either. And then in the uh, prayer section, there's the part on responsibility on page 60, which uh, is from A Course in Miracles, page 448. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. So this is our great learning. It takes great willingness to be able to understand this and not run from it. So uh, I invite you to increase your willingness and write a forgiveness letter to yourself if you haven't already. It's really worth it. Really, really worth it. And again, just thank you for all your beautiful community calls. So hand on the heart. Whew, long class. I encourage you to listen to that healing meditation, the long version, the March 3rd class. So we take this breath of love and gratitude, and we are grateful and thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the power and the presence of truth, liberating us. We are liberated by the truth. We are the truth. Our true nature is free. So we're forgiving ourselves, our debts, and our trespasses. We're willing to know the truth about our choices. We're willing to learn from our errors and discover our loving hearts fully and completely. We extend and we share this love with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, next week's class is going to be in the new time. And all of that will post it in Facebook. You'll get your email reminders. So just remember, time change for class time. Next week, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And I believe that's 5 p.m. in the U.K. until the time changes in the U.K. And uh, I love you so much. Thanks for all your deep work.
The moderator has left the conference.